Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Everybody here dies by dawn. Dead by dawn. Welcome, welcome to the Spook to the Show. show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the All American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Tiana and the Professor Smoke. Once again this week, Will and Donnie are on assignment, so they couldn't join us, but maybe they're, they're the lucky ones. They, they, they weren't in the room when we, we, we opened up, we accidentally opened up the lament configuration again. So we, we are the ones, <clears throat> because we opened the box, or specifically me, we are the ones that have to suffer. Because this week we're going to be talking about Hellraiser Deader, a.k.a. Hellraiser 7. That's right, we're back on the Hellraiser series. You, you can tell by the stunned silence of the room. How, how appreciative we are that we had to do this again. You know, somebody has to be the, the sacrificial lamb. Somebody has to be the goat that, uh, you know, takes their pick and just says, fuck it, we got to get through this series. And this time it was me. So I actually chose Hellraiser Debtor. But like I said, we got to get through these things one way. It seems like it's like when you when you chew a, a chewy piece of steak or something and you, you just fucking keep chewing it because it's fatty and it just you can't. Get it to a point where you can swallow it because it just won't go away. That's what the Hellraiser series is starting to feel like at this point. It's just like, it, man, we're, we're seven movies down, and it feels like there's still seventeen more to go of these damn things. I think there's <laughs> who knows. If we get to the end, there might be another. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> like since we started this, that that's no joke. Since we started this, it has grown. Like when we when we talked about Hellraiser, that was uh, November of 2021, I believe. That was all the way back in episode number 81. And we've been milking this thing one by one ever since. So now we've worked up to Hellraiser 7 here. And in the meantime, there has been another Hellraiser movie. There was a reboot, right? That came out back in 2022. So yeah, th- this thing has grown even since we started. Uh, and I'm just looking at it now. We've got one, two, three, four. We've got four more. If you include that reboot of Hellraiser from 2022 to watch before we're caught up and i and i i believe there's supposed to be a series or another movie there's supposed to be something on the horizon which will like you said probably happen before we even get to that reboot so god knows this is the the maybe we're in hell maybe one of us accident accidentally did open this damn box and we're in hell we have to keep swinging around to this damn series but we'll we'll get to our true feelings at the end, you know, we'll save our ratings and everything. But needless to say, I don't think, I think I'm not going to go too far out on a limb and say this ain't as good as the first, what, one or two, maybe even three. Right. I'll say that right now. So you can take that where you, where you will, but we'll, we'll get through some of that here in a little bit. Uh, before we dive into it though, we want to remind you to go over to aaspookshow.com. From there, you can go to our Patreon, also patreon.com slash aaspookshow. And from there, every month, you get a video mini-sode that includes the Library of the Professor, and you also get Crapster Peace Theater, where uh, every month we put up a poll. We think of uh, four or five of the shittiest movies that we can think of. We put them on the poll. Uh, you, the listeners, vote, and you determine what we watch and t- have to talk about on Crapster Peace Theater every month. 
over on patreon.com slash yeti spook show. So the only way you can listen to that is to become a patron. And if you do that, we highly appreciate you. You're one of the ones that help keep the, the wheels greased and the wheels of progress in the spook show universe going by doing that. So we appreciate you the most. We also encourage you at the website, aspookshow.com to check out our past podcast archive. Also our YouTube channel where every month we've got hammer horror in order. We've got video vortex. We've got grindhouse gutter monthly series. So there's something going on every week, every month, uh, right here on the podcast feed and over on our YouTube channel and Patreon. And that can all be found on aspookshow.com. So, Without any further build-up, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Hellraiser Debtor. Whoever you are, you were meant to find me today. There is no turning back. And above all, don't open the box. Please do it for us. You would be here if you didn't belong here. Tell me it's true. You would be here if you didn't belong All right, so there you go for that. So now, I guess my first question is, uh, Tiana, have you ever seen this movie before? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> that that was spoken with someone that's like, hell no, and I hate you for making me watch it this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, Penhead is like one of my favorite like villains, horror villains, but yeah, I never, there's a few of these that I never got to, yeah. probably because I heard. They were, you know, crap. So, yeah. well, if you heard that, you weren't, they weren't wrong. Whoever told you that, Smoke. What about you? Have you seen this one before? No, no, I haven't seen. I think there's maybe one more that I've seen down the down there somewhere. I don't remember which one it was. Which one, you remember? Which one? Oh, uh, Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Okay. I, apparently, I've seen Judgment Day, but uh, yeah, because we're rapidly approaching the end of the Doug Bradley run here. I think we've got one more, yep, and then. It. That's it for old Doug Bradley. And ironically, which I guess we can go ahead and get into it here, you know, as far as the background stuff, this movie was actually filmed at the same time as the next one. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> this was filmed simultaneously with Hellraiser Hellworld, which is Hellraiser 8, the one that we will watch at some point in the future. And they filmed both of these things at the same time over the course of like a month or two and. 2002 so th this one was filmed october to december roughly of 2002 so it took three years for this one and the other one to see the light of day i couldn't find a specific reason why other than just like it sounds like they made it they had them in the can put them together and they shopped it around for a while and it was viewed at various i guess maybe at film fest and stuff like that but then eventually they're like fuck it put it out on video <laughs> and then they finally just released these straight to video in 2005 so I never found a specific reason. I guess it was just, I guess if you've ever watched it, that's reason enough. <laughs> right. But so yeah, that, that problem, there's a lot once you start digging into the background here that explains a lot about this movie. Trust me. That's, that's number one. That's, that's one of your context clues right there that this thing was filmed simultaneously with another movie three years prior to its release. I should tell you what you need to know right there, but there's more. It was released June 7th, 
2005, produced by Dimension Films, Stan Winston Productions, and Neo Art and Logic, and was distributed by Buena Vista Home Entertainment, which I think we've pointed out before. That directly, or maybe indirectly, ties Hellraiser, or specifically Pinhead, to Mickey Mouse, right? Because isn't Buena Vista like some subsidiary umbrella shit of Disney, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. So once again, we, we bring Pinhead to... Uh, Mickey's doorstep. Now, apparently, the you know the old school Mickey is now in the public domain, right? The yeah, Steamboat the, Willie. Yeah. <laughs> Which we should make some shirt like Steamboat Spook Show or some shit, like because why not? We can, right? Fuck it, we can do it. We'll come. <laughs> up, we'll get our best. Uh, we'll get our best graphic artist on that one. We'll have a T-shirt soon. Oh, we'll Willie or something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. Anyways, this was rated R. Total runtime of one hour and twenty eight minutes. On IMDb, it's listed as a horror mystery thriller, and it was actually filmed in Bucharest, Romania. That that was also part of it as well. Apparently, there was some deal that they had struck with maybe the Romanian government, or there was some there was some reason why they filmed both movies at the same time because they were doing this in Romania. They just they did both at the same time, so I think that was part of the reason why. For a budget that I could find. Of two million dollars. Now, of course, this doesn't get this d- did not get released in theaters, so there's no box office numbers that pour over or anything like that. But yeah, two million for this, which I guess you could argue is probably a little better spent than the, the couple last couple that I remember. At least as far as it holding up a little bit better visually. Um, but we'll get into that. Uh, it was produced by Ron Schmidt and Stan Winston. That, that's right, the same Stan Winston, the great Stan Winston, right? The guy that worked on what Alien and. What Terminator, right? Predator, stuff like that. Lots of good stuff on his resume. This, this unfortunately has to be a part of it, right? Yeah. It was directed by Rick Boda, who actually had directed uh, the the one that we watched the last time, the previous Hellraiser Six, Hellraiser Hellseeker. He directed that, and I guess because of the way they did this, he directed the next one too. So, if you love Rick Boda's work on the last one and this one, get ready because there's one more coming. And here, here's another uh, perpetrator on this one. It was written by Neil Marshall Stevens, who uh, Smoke wrote one of your uh, favorite movies of the early 2000s there, 13 Ghosts. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? See where I'm going with this? <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason this movie isn't all that great. Remake of 13 Ghosts is, well, we won't go, we won't give away, I won't give away my, uh, <laughs> let's just say that that, that, you know, you might call that a masterpiece. Or something. Mm-hmm. Master of something. <laughs> compared to this one, I mean. Yeah, well, <laughs> look, anything compared to these, to be honest with you. And yeah, I'm lumping this one in with all the rest, too, because I think that's fair. But it was written by Neil Marshall Stevens, and it was also written by Tim Day, who had written the la- the previous installment, Hellraiser Hellseeker. So you see where I'm going, right? <laughs> this stars <laughs> Carrie Wurr. I think that's how you say her name, right? Wurr. Wur. I, I remember her from... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, what was in that? It was Remote Control. Was that the name of that show? Yeah, yeah that. And she was also in. Um, she's been in a lot of uh, horror too over the years. She was in Eight Legged Freaks, Thinner, Anaconda. Uh, she's been in quite a bit over the uh, over the years. You know, throughout the nineties and two thousand. Of course, it it brings back Doug Bradley as Pinhead. Has been in all the previous installments up to this point. And like I said, I think we got one more, and then that's it for uh, Doug Bradley. Uh, it also stars Paul Reese as Winter. He may be known from the uh, movie Chaplin. Uh, he had a role in that. 
And uh, Tiana, we were talking beforehand. Didn't you recently see him in something else? Yes, I just happened to watch Saltburn the day before I watched this one, and he was the butler in that. <laughs> bum, bum. So the butler did it. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, am I going to go out on a limb and say that Saltburn has to be better than this? Is that a reach? Yeah. <laughs> Although oh, different cool. types of movies, I get that, but it's got to be a thousand times better than this, right? Yeah. So yeah, he he's uh, he was in this, and then uh, Simon uh, Coons. Coons, <laughs> K-U-N-Z, Coons, as Charles. That's her boss in the movie. Uh, he was also in The Cave. He was in GoldenEye. Uh, character actor has been in tons of stuff over the 90s and the 2000s. So background-wise, that's 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 pretty much all I had and all I cared to dig up on this. Did, did you guys have anything else you wanted to mention before we got into it? I just, <laughs> I mean, I, I know why Doug Bradley, even though he's in most of these only for not that long. Yeah. Loves playing Pinhead. <laughs> he just he has a whole background story for Pinhead and everything. But I just feel so bad that <laughs> these stories are just shit. I think I, I, I want to say that the problem probably became at some point after. Well, I think three was the last one that was released in theaters. I think probably it just became such a a money pit in a way. Like it was a way a cheap way for them to make a buck. You know, like they could make these movies relatively cheap and they didn't give a fuck how well the story was done. They were just like, all right, here's a couple million. Just go give us a pinhead movie. And then because he and, you know, Bradley enjoyed the character and I'm sure he enjoyed the money. He just kind of went along with it. So they never I don't think the the combination of a good story and the right time ever came together during this stretch. If he'd have been a little younger, it probably would have swung back around to a point where there would have been a, a better Hellraiser movie made, you know, with him in it, but now he's kind of aged out, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. These were this one and the one that, you know, that we will watch eventually. This is the last time he played Pinhead, right? These were made in 2002, which at this point was 22 years ago. Yeah. More time has passed that he hasn't played it than the time period that he did play the role. It's just a shame <laughs> that we got really only what you could argue two, maybe three good movies out of his whole run. But he's at every convention and he's making banks. So. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good retirement plan, you know, yes. for for a guy like him, right? Like, I'm sure he does other stuff when he wants to do it, I'm assuming. Like, I haven't looked at his filmography lately, and you know, but... Other stuff. The fact that just about every weekend he could go to any one of these, any number of these horror conventions that they do, just about every weekend everywhere on the planet, and he can make quite a quite a lot of money, you know, just showing up. That's cool for him, you know? So at least there's that. It just sucks that we didn't really get uh, one more good one out of him before he hung it up, you know? I think they just got, re like you said, they got relegated to straight to video by the numbers. Mm -hmm. They found a thing that kind of worked for them to make the little bit of money they could off of. Let's do a murder, uh, murder mystery kind of thing. And occasionally Pinhead will show up. <laughs> we don't, yeah. we don't have to do it. Effectually for that, if, that you, much, yeah. if you look back on like what what has led us up to this point after that third one, right? Because I think we talked about that one in that episode. That was a failure. Like you know the money they put in and what it made and everything. That thing flopped hard, and then they never released yeah. another one in theaters. Ever since then, you've had Bloodline, Inferno, Hellseeker, and now Deader. You know, outside of that one, what was it? Bloodline that was in space and had kind of had a weird story going on. <laughs> Wasn't that the one where we caught shit from that dude that sent us the email? Like. I can't believe you talk shit about, come on. Um, 
but uh, that was okay. Looking back on it, that's slightly interesting to everything we've got since then. Cause everything since then feels like an episode of CSI with pinhead thrown in it. Does, does it not? So like this one, the video camera reminded me of like law and order where they like zoom in and zoom out. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure if I cared enough to dig a little bit further into the background, there's probably a lot of TV people that worked on these. I bet you, you know, like, people that had that you know that's kind of where they made their bread and butter making television so because this is straight to video with you know only a two million dollar budget that's probably why it feels that way because and plus two i think there was another thread of this was another one where like it was the original idea was pitched as not a hellraiser movie this was not a hellraiser movie and they're like oh take we need a pinhead movie uh here take this script and put them in it i think that's literally been like the last three movies who, yeah. who, who is the director's name you said? Rick of these last Rick Boda. Rick Boda must be like the Godfrey Ho of Hellraiser <laughs> movies. You know, Godfrey Ho would just take a random, you know, random <laughs> Filipino movie or a random whatever Asian movie that didn't really get released and then throw ninjas in it. I'm, bl- I'm blanking. Uh, what was the fake name? You said when like an, a director doesn't want to put their name on it. What's the name? Oh, Alan Smithy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except, except I'll, I'll give him this. He had the for uh, you know the fortitude to put his name on it. I'll give him that. He didn't pull an Alan Smithy. It's rough, and we got one more coming at us too from old Rick Boda. So yeah. Hurry, hurry! Step right this way, folks, for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof. Enjoy breathtaking, taste-tempting candies of finest quality. Enjoy popcorn exploded into tender, delicious, crispy bites of crunchy goodness. Enjoy the tops in cool, refreshing soft drinks. If you want to enjoy some refreshments, this is your opportunity. There will now be a short intermission. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So... I went over to audible.com and I typed in Clive Barker because I didn't want to just limit us to Hellraiser. He's got tons of works on there. And uh, let's see what we've got. We've got uh, Weave World by Clive Barker. That one's, good Lord, over 21 hours long. And that one's an Audible exclusive. We've got The Books of Blood, Volume 1 by Barker. That one's uh, just under seven hours long. And then among many others, we've got The Scarlet Gospels by Clive Barker. That one's just over 11 hours long. So... Uh, you'll see lots of other stuff on here. Cabal, The Thief of Always, uh, Great and Secret Show. I mean, tons of Clive Barker works over on audible.com. So if, uh, if you're listening to that, odds are you're a fan of Clive Barker. And if you are, you want to go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow to get your free audio book. And, uh, you know, the deal there is they give you a credit when you uh, use our, our link there. And then you get to take that credit and get one of those Clive Barker books, whatever you want. And then if you decide to cancel it, you still get to keep that book. So we're, we're essentially giving you a free Clive Barker book if you go check that out. So we would appreciate it. Helps us out. You get a free book out of it. Win-win for all of us. So I'm going to hop on back over to imdb.com. Click on plot summary to see what comes up for this. And, well, you know, we've actually got a few here. Uh, let's see. We've got the one sentence one. A journalist uncovers an underground group who can bring back the dead and slowly becomes drawn into their world. Uh, let's go with a slightly longer one here. This one was submitted by Zeger Desmet on IMDb. It says, in London, after doing an article about crack junkies for her newspaper, investigative journalist Amy Klein watches a bizarre videotape showing footage of an underground sect in Bucharest 
whose members apparently turn into zombies through the mystic powers of their leader, Winter. Her editor, Charles Richmond, obtained the tape from a follower named Marla and now invites Amy to run the story as a scoop. She accepts, but upon her arrival in Romania, she finds Marla dead with a strange cube in her hands. After retreating in her hotel room, Amy finally opens the artifact, thus initiating her journey into Hell's Domain. So yeah, I mean, there you go. That that pretty much uh, explains it about as well as you really want to explain it, right? I mean, you know, like, I, I, maybe it's the tape thing that kind of reminded me, like, there's some things of the ring here. There's some, uh, there's yeah. some elements of the ring here with the with the tape. Although it's not like if you watch this tape, you're going to die. It's a, I don't know. It's just maybe it's of the time kind of thing, that storytelling device where, you know, pop in this tape, this is fucked up, you know, and then you have to trail, find the, you know, follow the breadcrumbs after that, right? Part of the, I guess, well, I don't know. When did Blair Witch came out in 98, right? Yeah, that was 99, I want to say. 2000. Might have been part of that without like saying, okay, let's go fully into the found footage thing. They, you know, just kind of use that trope, but without, you know, being a found footage movie. I, I guess you could kind of, it's not necessarily a snuff film, you know, that they watch, but it kind of yeah. is reminiscent of that, right? That this is this fucked up thing where you're watching somebody die on the tape, although there's a point to it kind of thing. There, that was kind of a thing in this time period too, right? Like not every other movie, but this was something you would see in movies at that time, right? So it leads back to the originality of the writers and and all those guys we talked about a minute ago. It's like, all right, you're just pulling from other shit, you know, to, and then you're throwing Pinhead into it. But I think the original pitch of this was supposed to be essentially the story that you got, except take Pinhead out of it. Like it was supposed to be this investigative journalist who finds this cult that brings people back to life or whatever. I don't know exactly the way that was originally supposed to play out, but then they're like, okay, yeah, take that and put Pinhead in it. <laughs> Perfect. Cut and print. License to print money. It would be nice if we had the num- the rental numbers on this, because even at that point, you would think this would have been one that probably would have gotten, you know, rented at a, at a decent clip just because it's the latest Hellraiser movie. Wouldn't you think, you know, back in 2005? Yeah. Although I've always been a, you know, somewhat of a fan, of, at least of those first three Hellraiser movies. And I, I remember avoiding these, you know, like, Oh, it's a new Pinhead movie. Oh, yeah, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why that is. Do you think it's like you said, Tiana, just because maybe somebody said, yeah, I think that sucks, and then you just not see it? Or, you know, because I haven't seen any of these. So I don't remember, like, seeing one and saying that was horrible. It was just like, it was just the word on the street. Like, yeah, none of these are good. So then you just never watch it. And it, and it was a, it was, it wasn't, uh, none of these are good. You know, like people talking about Friday the 13th later movies, you know, like yeah. part seven or, or yeah. this or that. It was like worse than that. It was like, but nobody ever described them to me. It's just, I, I don't know. It was, it was just understood. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, in the eighties when s- somebody would call you bad, that was a good thing. You know, like, oh man, you're bad. You know, right. But there's a difference between saying, man, you're bad or man, you're bad. You know, it's all in the way you say it. Yeah. That's these <laughs> movies. It's like compared to say the Friday, the 13th movies, those are bad, but they're fun. Bad. These are just bad. These are a chore. And I don't, I don't, I never felt any of the Jason movies or hell for that matter. Any of the Freddy movies were a chore. You know, it was just kind of yeah. like, well, I just want to see what happens, you know, kind of thing. And it might be stupid, but I want to see it. This is more yeah. like, Oh God. You know, I don't even know if I knew about them being all shot straight to video after part three. I mean, I, you're right. 
I no, think I, I think they kind of escaped me to be honest with you. It's just kind of like they just happened and I didn't notice. Also, it might be for me. For me, as a personal thing, like I mean, I know we kind of gave this Hellraiser movies the, the same rating. I believe the first one at least. And yeah, it, it's not my strongest franchise. I guess you could say no. Like I think no. three and a half is what I gave Hellraiser. Now Tiana hasn't done. She wasn't there when we did those. She would probably. I know just just because I know her. I know she would give whenever it comes time for her to rate those. She's going to rate those first two at least higher than we did. Hmm. But just so just that Hellraiser franchise in itself, I think it started off really good, but maybe not great. It's not a horror masterpiece to me. Mm -hmm. They had nowhere to go but down from the first <laughs> from the first two and especially from the third one. I, I know, guess. like, what exactly are you supposed to do with Pinhead? You know what I mean? Yeah. More than he just some hell for you and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I th I think where they started losing me after say like the third one was the Cenobites. Like I want like I I kind of got used to like those first few movies where like the Cenobites were kind of cool looking too. You know, it's like yeah, you got Pinhead, yeah. he's the leader, but these other ones, man, let's see what kind of fucked up stuff they can come up with. And then they just became lame, like yeah. lamer and lamer. You know, even in this one, right? How do you do that? How do you? How do you have creative freedom to come up with whatever demon, crazy demon that you yeah. can do? Come up with these dumbass ones that are like, you know. Even if I mean, you can, even if you put the creative freedom aside, like, oh, I can't think of something fucked up. Just go look at the source material. Just go look yeah. at anything Clive Barker did. And you'd be like, oh, I'll take that. I'll take that. And I'll take that, you know, <laughs> and run with it. No, nah, they just like in this one, there's uh, what, two other Cenobites that show up, maybe a few more, but you only see a couple. And they just got like yeah. a little, they got like a bandage across their eyes. Yeah. Like very, very, uh, yeah, and industrial. Yeah. And then there's another one. that has got like a warped looking face, like where its face is folded over or something. That's it. Where at least in those first few movies, there was some inventive, as corny as, corny as it was in the third one, right? The dude with the CDs in his head and stuff. Yeah. Right. Cool. Or the, or the dude, the cameraman that gets the camera, like shoved through a skull like right at least it's you know it's silly but at least it's kind of cool right visually visual image you know <laughs> but no they just they just gave up on that after like say the fourth one i think they're just like fuck it and now i wonder if the budget you know they didn't have they had a budget for pinhead and he's the main, main guy so we got to get his makeup right and everybody yeah. else is like you know slap some electrical tape over yeah. it <laughs> Flap of flesh right here. We got enough. We got. We only got enough glue to put these little rubber nails on on Doug Bradley's head. That's it. We we can't do anything else. Can we at least afford blood? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. That's it. We'll give you lots of blood. Although I will say for this one, it feels like it feels like this one was a little bit more grisly than the last couple that I remember. Like there was some yeah. gore here, you know. Yes, that one I that I did realize. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of surprised that there was as much gore as th there ended up being in this because I once it got started and we get into it, I'm like oh fuck it feels like the last few where it's like a an episode of CSI Miami or something with Pinhead in it. But then you know you do get to that last twenty or thirty minutes where there is more you know they start stacking up the bodies and there's you know there's more blood going on here. So at least there was that right. The 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 other thing too. <clears throat> that really aggravates me about this this la this movie and the last few movies of this series is how it's all it feels like there's it's mostly halluc hallucinations like there's a yes. there's a point somewhere in the movie where the person opens the box 
And you're not sure whether she, in this one, whether she actually opened the box or not, because it feels like it was another dream sequence or something, right? Then, as it turns out, she, I guess she had opened the box, and that's what, you know, brought about her end. But then it's like everything that happens, like, then it'll be something fucked up. Oh, that was cool. And then she'll turn around, and it was a dream. You know, like, and it happens over and over again, like, She'll be walking down a corridor and then she'll see some flashback of this thing that happened in her childhood. Okay. Well, that's, that's a daydream or something. And then she'll turn around and there's a zombie woman standing there. This whole fuck. Is that real or not? I don't know. They're supposed to be, this guy's supposed to be able to reanimate the dead or something, right? It's overly confusing for no reason to me. Also the chains in this one kind of sucks. The chains that come out of the lament configuration or yeah. <laughs> Okay, they look like the, those plastic chains so you buy at Walmart or whatever, but they yeah. painted them black. It's the, dollar, ones. it's the Dollar Tree <laughs> chains. <laughs> I, think, <clears throat> I do think it looked, maybe this is just what I'm remembering of the last couple, though. I think it did look a little bit better this time, though, than the last couple movies. And maybe that's just the time, you know, the technology started to catch up a little bit by, you know, the time they made this. But. Just a look. Of the film, or well, video, whatever they shot it on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They might have shot this on film, went direct. I'm not sure how they shot it. I, I didn't look that far into it. I'm, but I, visually, it didn't look horrible. Yeah. There's some moments in there where it's okay, that sucks. But, you know, I'd say it's slightly better than, say, like the, the last couple. It seems like there was some a lot more practical effects here. Just the chain stuff and all that. That, look, that did look cheap. I think the 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 what is real, what is what is not thing was too much for me in this one, and it, it just kind of lost me somewhere. And it's like, all right, let's just get through it and finish this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and the 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 rope a dope of like when she's squeezing through that really tight wall, and then a dude just randomly appears with a knife, and he's and he's yeah. just hacking on her. Like, what the f-? Oh, I like that where she's got the the lighter. And then for no reason at all, she just changes hands, but she's still looking the opposite way with the lighter just to be able to turn around with the lighter and see that the guy's standing there with the knife. That was cheap. (laughs) And then apparently something really happened there because like the way it kind of plays out in the moment, it's like, well, she barely got away from that guy. And then she wakes up with a fucking knife in her back and you're like, what, 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 what's happening here? And zombie check that did it yeah apparently that that really happened (laughs) what is that what happened though i mean like did she really get stabbed in the back there was a few more sequences and then she ended up in that bed Mm -hmm. where they want her you know winter was over top of her where they wanted her to stab herself and i'm like wait a minute you really have to stop and like, maybe you you have to see an explanation of things or something elsewhere, or really you have paid attention that that guy winter was the descendant of the La Marchand guy that made the lament configuration, right? Like, so, yeah. <clears throat> so that's the whole, really, that's kind of the point of the movie is this guy is trying to find an, an end to get the, to take control of the Cenobites. Right. Yeah. But like, they don't come right out and fucking say that. Like you really have to like, you know, put two and two together here and, and probably would have had to have watched a couple other movies to even, you know, care what the hell was going on with that guy. My understanding is he wanted her to kill herself. So 
I don't know if he was even going to bring her back or he knew that Pinhead was going to come for her there was because so- she killed her. It was something to do with the fact that she had unlocked the box. Yeah. And he, I guess, even though he was a descendant of the toy maker or whatever, he couldn't unlock the box. So because she could, by killing herself, she could, he could somehow take control of the box. Yeah, but she doesn't end up killing herself and just throws the box <laughs> and then appears anyway. Yeah. I was like, isn't that what she does, right? She stabs herself in the. Does she throw the box first or stab herself first? No, she doesn't. She just throws the knife by the box. Okay, yeah. She's about to, and then she doesn't. She grabs the box, I thought, and threw it. Yeah. And then that's up, and that's when Pinhead comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, that brings the Cenobites. And then, yeah. event, then I think eventually that's when she stabs herself when Pinhead's going to win, right? Because he shows up pulls that dude apart like all the chains come out pulls that dude apart rips him apart which that was you know the chains look kind of stupid but the pulling apart part wasn't too bad right and then all i like the all the other zombies or whatever the fuck they are are all lined up in a row and he just sends the chain straight through them like (laughs) makes a hole right through them (laughs) yeah so they're all dead and so then it's her and him, and then I guess she's he's about to take her, and then she's like, no, you're not getting me. I'm not giving you my soul, whatever the fuck, and then kills herself, and then, no, boo. Yeah. <laughs> you get the Vader. You get the Vader the very, yell, no. <laughs> and then the very end, you see the reporter guy. Yeah, um, Charles. Watch her ball. Fell apart, and then now he he doesn't know what happened to the girl. So now he has a new girl with the same job. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, videotape." Yeah, yeah. It's like so now we're supposed to believe he's uh he's in he's he's in on the gag, right? I guess that's the end of the movie. Is yeah, the cube. He's 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 recruiting people for for Pinhead. Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Well. I don't know. <laughs> Look, sometimes we, we just can't explain these things, right, Smoke? I mean, like, they just are what they are, right? <laughs> well, I guess that's enough. I mean, I got nothing else to say about it. It's like, it's like a, I had a pinhead fever dream or something. It's just like, well, and, and then I, yeah. And it's like the last couple movies, it's like six months from now, I won't remember a damn thing about it. What, what, what is your takeaways? Uh, well, that chick that used to be on MTV was in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Slightly gorier. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might get an extra uh, little, you know, half a, a quarter of a star for that, I guess. That's about it. Smoke, we'll let you get started. What What are your thoughts and what's your star rating on it? Well, I think as we've sort of said, it's sort of just more of the same of the last however many it's been. <laughs> Three? Yeah. Four? Uh, four. Yeah. Well, four. Five. Yeah. Well, beyond part three, I mean. Yes, four. Although, like, on the uh, the positives, I guess it like it's got a little bit more gore. It does look a little better, like you said, as far as however they shot it. It's got Kari Wooer in it, but I don't know if that's necessarily uh, you know I, I didn't really, <laughs> you know, I didn't think she was you know some great shakes at MTV at the time. I, I mean, she was just whatever on the remote control. Yeah, right? yeah, she's just a known face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I gave. 
I guess I'm going to go, I'll bump a little bit for the gore. And I mean, I think the last couple of these, I gave a star and a quarter, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I'll go. Star and a half. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I think I'm right there with you. Like, I don't think it's quite as bad as the last couple have been. And there's a little bit more gore. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just being fair on the scale, I guess a star and a half is, you know, as about as good as I can give it. It's not even that it's necessarily terrible. It just kind of exists, you know, like, yeah. it's almost I like Kirk says Christmas, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, almost that's almost as big a crime as just sucking, you know? Yeah. It just, you're apathetic. You don't even care. It's just, all right, well, I watched that moving on, you know? Tiana, what do you say? Oh, even though I love Pinhead and Doug Bradley, <laughs> I'm just giving it a one star. It's well deserved. I ain't, I'm not going to argue it. If you'd have, if you'd have watched the other ones with us, you probably feel about the same way. They just are what they are, you know. <laughs> and we just have to get through. And you just at this point, I'm just hoping that the next one is decent. You know, <laughs> just be better than the last one. That's all I need, man. I got a pre- I got a pretty low bar at this point, you know. Let's just let's just give me something halfway decent. And this is what I've brought up a couple of times since I saw that remake. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but it is a thousand times better than these, man. Like, at least there's a workable story of something going on in that movie versus these. It's just God. Oh well, I think we've said enough as far as this movie is concerned. Donnie's not here to give uh, his connections from the crypt, and uh, Will is not here to give uh, the official kill count. But let's talk about the kill reel. Highlight kill. God, I, I don't know. This is this is a tough one to to pick a one highlight kill from this. I guess you know, and it seems like the running theme, like usually in these Hellraiser movies, you're gonna get at least one dude pulled apart with chains. Right? Yep. So I guess I'm gonna go with that when when he grabs a hold of Winter you know, the cult leader or whatever and rips them apart with the chains. That's probably the only one worth, worth going back and focusing on here. Cause it seems like in past movies, it was like, well, that was pretty cool, but it was, it didn't happen. It was a hallucination. So I assume that this actually did happen. You know, yeah. what's, what's real. What ain't, who cares? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'll go with that. We'll, we'll go with that one as the highlight kill smoke. That'll lead us to you with the gore score. Gore score. Okay, so yeah, this one at least uh, up the ante in the gore department a little bit more. I'm not enough to make it the movie itself that much interesting, <laughs> no. but it did give me a half a star onto my rating of it. So uh, as far as the gore score, I guess uh, I'll go with a seven. Yeah, that's probably fair based on the ones that you've given in the past, at least the last few, right? Like they did up it a yeah. little bit more in there, so that's that's probably a solid number. You get you get blood, you get plenty of blood and some nastiness, especially toward the end, right? gets us back to the territory of Hellraiser 3, at least in the gore department, not in the storyline. You know, and, and I didn't I never thought I would say that you're looking for something to be as good as Hellraiser 3, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, you really do want something to be just just please be right below Hellraiser 3 would be fine. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that and run. Well, that's uh that's where we'll leave it uh for this week. That that's a good way to start off the uh, the month of love, right? The month of February with <laughs> Hellraiser Debtor. Uh, but we're, we're fastly approaching, uh, next week is Valentine's day, but we're not going to be talking about, uh, a Valentine's movie per se. 
we're going to be talking about the spook show itself uh, because we're rapidly approaching episode 200, literally two ep- two weeks from now. Episode 200 will come out. We haven't quite made the announcement yet of what episode 200 will be, but we can tell you that next week on episode 199, we're going to call that one the first 200. We're going to kind of give you some some of our favorite episodes and movies that we've done here on the first 200 plus episodes. I say plus because there was a bonus in there a time or two, but we'll celebrate the first 200 episodes of the spook show and kind of through our history of some of our favorite moments, some of the favorite movies that we've talked about. So you want to come back next week for that kind of greatest hit, so to speak. So it's a love letter of a different kind. It's kind of a love letter to ourselves here. uh, And that's how we're going to celebrate Valentine's this year is talking about the first 200 or so. So when you've been doing this for what, knocking on five and a half years at this point, we've got, we've done lots of cool stuff, lots of uh, great movies, lots of bad movies as we've talked about today. So even those can bring up good memories when we go down memory lane and talk about stuff like that. So it'll be a fun little memory jog right before we hit episode 200. So for Will and Donnie, who couldn't be with us, Tiana, the Professor Smoke. I'm Josh. We are from the All-American Spook Show, and we'll talk to you next week. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.